Hello, retro gamers, and welcome to the Video Game Flashback Podcast. I'm your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awijan. Video Game Flashback is available on all of your favorite podcasting apps, especially the main ones like Apple, Google, and Spotify, iHeartRadio. Really appreciate all of you for downloading and listening to this show. It is a great pleasure to be back on board talking retro games with you once again today. Well, we just got done with uh, <laughs> Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past. It was so big it had to be split into three separate episodes. It was a big, 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 big project. So I thought I would simplify things, slow down a little bit, give myself a little break, and come up with something insanely simple. Something that only has one real soundtrack in the whole game. Oh, I guess two. Spy Hunter for the NES. Honestly, it doesn't get a whole lot simpler than this one. And hey, that's fine. I'm, it's a game that I grew up with. I love very much, you know, going back to the Commodore 64 days when uh, <laughs> Burns Doran, who babysat me, uh, obviously an older brother of my classmate Bridget Doran, he would bring over the Atari and eventually the, the Commodore 64. We're talking about 1985, 1986. And of course, going all the way back to the days of Chuck E. Cheese and such, uh, my, my real youth, way back 82, 83, 84, 85, all that, when I used to have my birthdays at Chuck E. Cheese instead of the Samurai, which later became Benihana. Uh, like what a paradise it was. And, you know, everybody knew everything uh, that it was super cool, like the Galagas, the Defenders, the Spy Hunters, games like that in those arcades. But none of us truly realized how unbelievably wonderful we had it during that time. Can you imagine going in an arcade and those games were like pretty much new and state of the art and oh, games like that. It was literally video game heaven. Now you just see polygons, you see cheesy stuff, you see sports games and I don't know, some, some kind of ra- random shooters and racing games and such. Absolutely nothing like the uh, classics that we had growing up. Uh, we were very blessed to have experienced it. It's just, again, we took it for granted at the time. At least most of us did. We had no idea what we truly had. Uh, what an absolute treasure trove we had in terms of video games. So Spy Hunter, my history personally goes back to the Commodore 64. In that version, you could actually shoot the truck that drive, drive drops you off. And it was more detailed in terms of, like, say, when you were kind of 
screwing around on the bridges, kind of like near the edge and, and kind of like, you know, bumping into the fence, so to speak, at the bridge, the fence would, would break. It would actually break and crackle and all that stuff. It was kind of cool. Um, and also in the arcade version at the very least, and I also believe in the Commodore 64 version, that when you would crash, so to speak, your car would blow up or whatever, it would stay there. Like the dead car would stay there and then you'd get a new one coming out of the um, out of the, the truck. In a lot of ways, it's inspired by James Bond and such, yes, but I also think Knight Rider is very, very similar in terms of how Kit, you know, the Trans Am, whatever, the Trans Am Firebird car in uh, Knight Rider would always go in the truck and come out of the truck and all that stuff, and it would be, you know, fixed up, remodeled, and also Kit could also shoot out uh, oil slicks. So I was like, it's Spy Hunter. Knight Rider is Spy Hunter, isn't it? I think it is, but I don't know. I, I wouldn't be surprised if ideas came from that. It actually is a Lamborghini Countach without a tail. That's what's interesting about the car you're using. It's a Lamborghini Countach without the tail. So it's actually an even better car than a Trans Am because, I mean, it's a Lamborghini. Uh, um, you never see the characters in the game. Like oh, there's a guy with a gun and a, and a lady with a gun. And you also get the same effect in the, uh, the NES game. You never see the people. I used to imagine you would later in the game, but instead, nope. It's basically just a typical high score, you know, uh, upscrolling shoot 'em up type of game, like uh, like a space shooter in a sense. But in this time, but in this version, you're a car going against other cars, a limousine that can shoot at you and kill you in one hit, basically. And of course, the the tire puncturer, uh, the tire puncturing. Uh, Tire slashers, that's what they call them. Vehicles that would, again, slash your tires and you'd, you know, spin out and die right away after that. Um, unless you run into some kind of strange glitch where you get kind of caught into, like, your truck or something like that or other bad guys or civilians and such. And you just keep spinning forever. But what's the point of that? You know, so it was a funny glitch that I would run into every now and then. It was weird, at least playing the NES version. It was pretty strange. Um, I don't have a ton of recent memories playing the Commodore 64 version, and every version I've tried to boot up, uh, emulators and such, and even on the uh, Commodore 64 Mini, you know, you download the emulator onto that, and most of the time it doesn't cooperate, or it starts to work, but then the controls are like all messed up, because Commodores have really strange control. It, you think, okay, it's the joystick, and then it's just not working. Um, it's more complicated than that, and it's annoying. Uh, the arcade version, you're dealing with a, <clears throat> you know, you're dealing with basically the, the gas pedal and the brakes and everything. But what made the arcade version so bleeping hard was the fact, see, you're, you're going slow. You're on the slow speed, like low speed, whatever. And you'll be going too slow and you're susceptible to get shot or, you know, tire slashed, right? Something like that. But then you speed up and you're going way too fast and you're going to crash and burn anyway. So it's kind of like, what the heck? The arcade version, I think, was a coin muncher. I really do. A, a, a quarter muncher. I honestly believe that. So that would be my complaint with that version. Um, the main developers, of course, Bally Midway for the arcade. Again, that one was an absolute classic. The music quality was insane. And oftentimes it was set up pretty much every time. It was set up like in a car-shaped arcade box, which is worth a fortune, I would think. I mean, who, who even has room for something like that? Uh, Sunsoft for the NES that I've mentioned before. The original version came out in 1983. Believe it or not, it was out for the Atari 2600, yes. Um, the Armstrad CPC, the Atari 8-bits, which is, you know, similar. It's kind of like competition for the Commodore in a sense, but 
kind of, sort of. BBC uh, Micro, the ZX Spectrum, Commodore 64, the Apple II, the ColecoVision, the IBM, the IBM PC, pardon me, and the NES. The release dates for the arcade version were June 11, 1983 in North America, Europe, 1983 with no date, Japan, 1984 with no date. And back then, a lot of games were actually made in the United States, back in the good old days. Um, things didn't really change until Sega and Nintendo kind of took over the market. Um, and then Sony. Sony's also Japanese, of course. <clears throat> so things changed dramatically. Microsoft is American, though. They don't really act American. They act like they just, they act like world domination people. That's what they act like. But that's my individual point of view. Of course, it was a singular, it was a single player game. Uh, vehicular combat. That's the genre they call it. So that sounds about right. Vehicular combat. Um, yeah, it's actually a very good example of it. Uh, the arcade version was incredibly detailed in terms of, like, say, you'd see a lot of fire, like the cars burning and stuff. It was kind of scary looking, actually, especially when you're a little kid. It was really scary looking. Um, the limousines, boy, the big, the fire, what happened when you shoot those was pretty impressive, actually. Um, limousines and tire slashers were, of course, um, vulnerable to getting shot. But if you're behind them, you have a massive, or excuse me, if, if you're, a, yeah, if you're behind them, you have a massive advantage. You just shoot them and that's it, basically. Um, you're good to go. Oftentimes they come up behind you, though, and that's when they have the advantage. And that's where you kind of slow down and almost stop and then shoot them. That's kind of a strategy I would use um, when it comes to that. Uh, the, the, uh, <laughs> the uh, bulletproof bullies, as they call them, are a different story. Of course, again, they're literally just trying to run you off the road, and you can shoot them forever. You're going to do no damage. But there is a trick. There is a way to destroy them, at least in the NES version that I've played 10 times more than any other version because that's the only one I've ever owned, basically, until, like, every now and then. Um, I did buy Super Spy Hunter. I did not like it as much. Other people will tell you there's no comparison. Super Spy Hunter is a million times better. Um, sorry, I don't agree. That's, <laughs> that's totally up to you. I grew up with the original, and I'm one of those that's like, to me, Spy Hunter is like the original Coke versus Coke 2. Spy Hunter 2 or Super Spy Hunter is Coke 2 to me. It's cool. It's cool. The music is cool. The gameplay is cool, but it's it's just a different game. They might as well just call it something else. I don't know. Apparently, Knight Rider was a really crappy game, so maybe they should have made that Knight Rider. Um, and, of course, Knight Rider, like I've heard from uh, Derek, and I agree with him, Derek Felska, which you've heard on this show many times already, um, and he's going to be back, I'm sure he's awesome, um, is that, uh, yeah, they should have made Knight Rider like Spy Hunter, the video game Knight Rider. It was so bad, I basically never heard of it, you know, cause, and it's too bad. Knight Rider, you can't make a good video game for a Knight Rider? Seriously? Even back in those days? Of course you could. This game alone proves you could have made a good game for Knight Rider. There, there is no excuse for that. No excuse for the garbage that they came out with. You know, uh, it's uh, sad and, and pathetic, to be quite honest with you. Um, <laughs> this game, though, leading into... See, this game came with what I would call the original six. In the NHL world, me and Derek are huge, huge hockey fans. Minnesota Wild, but also hockey in general. We often hear about, if you're a hockey fan, you often hear about the original six. You know, like the original teams back from, you know, 
the beginning that go all the way back to the beginning and that are still around. Uh, other teams faded away, like you know Montreal Maroons and stuff like that. Seattle Metropolitans, they would you know they faded away. But a, but a group of six teams, of course, larger cities and just very powerful markets for hockey stuck around. Boston Bruins, Detroit Red Wings, New York Rangers. Chicago Blackhawks, Minnesota, no, I'm just kidding, <laughs> Chicago Blackhawks, Montreal Canadiens, and Toronto Maple Leafs, gee, oh, you think? Yeah, Montreal Canadiens and Toronto Maple Leafs, they won about 85% of the Stanley Cups pretty much up until the uh, second six, as I call them, came out, the, the Flyers, the North Stars, the, the Golden Seals from California that phased and became the North Stars much later on and eventually became the Sharks, but that's another story. Yeah, it was a metamorphosis that took place in that one. Like molecules, like yeah, I can't even get into that. Um, Pittsburgh Penguins, St. Louis Blues, yeah, yep. So, I believe I said all the teams, but you're not here to talk about sports necessarily. But some of you, some of you like sports, I'm sure. But the original six, now that I'm getting to the damn point after about 10 minutes, uh, starts with when me and my brother got the NES for Christmas 1988. So, here we go again, Christmas 1988. Is that all you talk about, Joey? Yeah, it is. Not no, no, it isn't. But um, you're going to hear about it on some of these games. This was one of the original sticks, Mario Duck Hunt. So we got a group of games with that. My parents were insanely generous back then. They they really were. Yeah, but it was for both of us. Though it was a combination, um, and that was all we were getting. But I mean, that's all. Gee, uh, it was pretty damn generous. Mario Duck Hunt was part of the original sticks, so that counted as two games because it is two games. It's just on one cartridge, though, which is totally fine. Um, we will talk about both of those at some point. Uh, the next four games were Spy Hunter, RC Pro-Am, Red Racer, and Breakthrough. And we will talk about every one of those games at some point. This is actually the first one, so because this was the one I got the most excited about. So I have to open up with this one. It's arguably the most simple of the group as well. Uh, RC Pro-Am, what a fun game. That was the one my brother really liked because it's a racing game and, and Rad Racer. Um, they gave us a choice uh, of two extra games. I chose Spy Hunter. And then, oh, Breakthrough looks cool. Yeah, it, it was okay. Um, the sentimental value for Breakthrough is this is the first video game I ever actually beat. It's the first game I ever beat because, you know, Centipede... Spy Hunter, whatever, you could go on forever and never beat the game. There is no ending. It's all about a high score, like Pac-Man and such. I guess that one does have an ending, but yeah, right. You're going to get to the kill screen on Pac-Man or, or uh, uh, Donkey Kong. Sure you are. Sure you are. And <laughs> you're more likely to be the next, you know, the next Kobe Bryant or something to, to be able to do that. That's basically how likely that is. It's a very small select group of legends, gaming legends that... You know, they, you know, they're like literally the Babe Ruths of the world when it comes to video games. You know, like you just you just don't touch those those type of people. They're way at the top. Um, but this was the original six uh, that I was the most excited about at the time. Of course, Super Mario Brothers was insanely exciting as well. That probably was my second favorite of that group at the time. Um, and again, we will talk about all six of the games. Uh, one of them will be a double pack probably because. No, no, it won't. Well, well, Duck Hunt is a small thing, but maybe we can make that a simple one. The sad part is I can't even play that game anymore because of I don't have one of those uh, old TVs, and I don't really need to buy an old TV just to do a single podcast on shooting games. I, I'm not going to do that. So I, I do believe the Wii has something that I can do with the emulator there, so maybe I'll figure something out there. Um, otherwise, I'll just talk about the game rather than play it. <laughs> but it would be fun to demo it as I'm 
doing the podcast. Uh, but Spy Hunter, the sentimental value was off the charts. I couldn't wait for it. As for the actual developers and such, well, unfortunately, I have dug and dug and dug, but there's no conversation about the NES developers, which is really annoying. So let's talk about the main ones. Uh, the designer, George Gomez. Cool. Designer. Um, composers, Bob Libbe. Michael Bart Bartlow. Both of those sound like actually hockey players. Uh, <laughs> they actually do. They do. Um, Bartlow does sound like a hockey player. Libbe, yeah, I believe the Wild had a prospect with that or Lobby, actually. He was a defenseman that didn't make it, unfortunately. Um, Neil Faulkner for the arcade. And, okay, here we go. Noyaki Kodaka. So it's like, <laughs> that sounds like Nokia and Kodak, like Kodak film, but that's fine. Okay, I'm sorry. Noyaki Kodaka for the NES. So there, there's your composer for the NES. Thank you. Platforms, like I said, arcade. Yeah, and I already mentioned those. Um, yeah, that's pretty much the the general history for it and of course again the object of the game was to get a high score uh, so again it's simple but it was a lot of fun and again the arcade version was so bleeping hard it was pretty much a quarter muncher but the nes version the nes version was a little bit easier because you were a little bit more in control with the d-pad that was the difference maker to be quite fair and there were all kinds of cute little cheat codes you could use as well that would uh, that would that would help a little bit um there is a mistake here, and good thing I checked. I wanted to make absolute sure before something happened. Talk is that there's a Pong mini game that you could do, like at the continue screen after game over, press A eight times, then press start. Incorrect. That is on Super Spy Hunter. So close, close, but no cigar. It's on Super Spy Hunter. Otherwise, the, these do work. Um, pause the game. I didn't know you could do it while you're playing it, but I, I know you can do it on the uh, the title screen. I suppose I'll try this one maybe in a few uh, minutes when I'm playing it. Pause the game. Press up, up, B, right, right, B, down, B, down, <laughs> B, left, left, A, and start. So you get maximum power for your car. So that's an interesting one. Unless that's Super Spy Hunter again, because I've never tried that one. But there's other ones where when the title appears, this is proven for me. Hold B, A. You have to hold it, though, or A, B, or B, A. Select, and then press start you get uh, random extra lives. So there's different kinds here that you can do. Um, there's a certain other one where you can actually get like eight lives. And that's when you can really, really rack up a high score. But again, if that's kind of cheating <laughs> at the end of the day. Uh, I have some save states where you can go through the different seasons, which I think is really cool um, and all that. So when you open the game, it's kind of got a spring look to it, like pink. Well, actually, the very, very beginning, it's kind of just green, like a green spring look. Uh, that's kind of what I call it, because it is seasonal in a lot of ways. And it's completely random for the most part, especially getting to winter is completely random. The summer-fall stuff isn't as random, at least early on, and then it kind of becomes more and more random. But um, at the beginning, it's kind of the spring look with green leaves on the trees. But then there's the pink look, and that depends on which... which uh, path you choose as you get to the end of like a area, an area so to speak you have two bridges to go to right or left and you have to pick one otherwise you drive into the, the river or ocean or lake or whatever it is so I don't know <laughs> You go, maybe you're in San Francisco maybe you're in New York, I have no idea but it's an area with uh, bridges and such and a large area of water 
<laughs> um, pink usually means you're in, a, in an area where you're going to get an oil truck, so that's good. I like oil much better. Blue usually means you're going to get smoke, which isn't that great. Um, it's not that great because it's only, you know, it's it just shoots out and it affects everything behind you. So if you kill a civilian, your score flashes for a little while. So instead of getting reprimanded and maybe you lose your job and put in prison or something for, uh, you know, like manslaughter or something, <laughs> or something, oh, you know, your your score just stops for a little while. You know, you kill a civilian, so you don't get to score points for about five seconds. Naughty, naughty. Yeah, really naughty, right? Um, but you can also knock them off the road and stuff, and that also gives you that same effect because, well, their car blows up, so I don't think they survived that. <laughs> shooting them same thing yeah that's not nice that's just mean but yeah smoke it, it kills everything behind you which is you know not good it, it, so i don't really like smoke at all oil is you're more under control and it lasts much longer the smoke lasts for just three blasts unless uh you get the code at the beginning of the game where you have all three um you know fire uh, smoke missiles and oil it's unlimited if you but you have to keep that one life forever basically to be able to have it unlimited. Once you get in a truck, like after you've died and lost that original car, uh, it's limited. It'll You'll eventually run out of oil. Uh, missiles, you only have three shots. Smoke, you only have three shots. So major things to talk about there. Um, random extra lives, apparently, when the title appears. Hold, A, B, select, then start. Um, so some interesting stuff. Some of these are, I don't know, they're different. Um, yeah, but it, what I don't like, too, is a lot of times you press it and then it's Super Spy Hunter when you're hoping for just regular Spy Hunter. Um, yeah, the 10 extra lives. Let the time run out without dying first. Yep, you have to do that. So you have to literally let the time run out without dying. Otherwise, see, you start the game, there's time. It's like 999, which is basically 90, it's basically 100 seconds in a lot of ways. So it's 100 seconds even though it looks like 99, uh, nine, like 999 of something, but it's a tenth of a second. The last digit is a tenth of a second. Um, you get the 10 extra lives, so you have to let the time run out. Otherwise, if you're just playing the game normal, like starting it up and playing whatever, in order to even get an extra life, otherwise you die with one life, which is really dumb, um, you reach 10,000 points first. You have to reach 10,000 points Otherwise, if you don't reach 10,000 points and the timer runs out, that's the only life you get, bub. That's all you got, bub. Otherwise, you uh, get to 10,000, and then you are able to at least have a single extra guy. Otherwise, to get 10 lives, uh, you have to let the, you have to do uh, right select, uh, yeah, right select and start on the title screen all at the same time on the title screen where it says Spy Hunter, uh, and then let the time run out, and boom, it'll be 10 lives. Otherwise, you get 10 lives and all the weapons allow the timer to run out without dying first. Again, you have to just not die. Not die. So you can't die, and you have to let the timer run out. So maybe just literally sit on the side of the road uh, if you can. Um, but, of course, before that, though, you have to do this on the title screen. Right, plus A, plus B, plus select, and then press start. That's kind of everything. Otherwise, start with all weapons, which is fun. Hold a, B, select, and then start. That's when you get all the weapons, but you do not get the extra lives. Um, supposedly unlimited lives. 
no, there's nothing there. But that, yeah, that's on the Commodore version. So, so you, you type in a command. Poke, yeah, okay, we'll leave it, yeah. Poke 39, uh, 39487,173. Yeah, but that's, I don't know. <laughs> we'll find out. That's from a Yankees fan. It says Yankee fan or Yank fan. So I don't know if I trust them. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but um, yeah, th those are ways to kind of have some fun with this. And that's, again, in the C64. Apparently, there's something called cheat mode. Um, Commodore 64 version is pretty freaking fun, to be fair. But um, with that said, there's all kind of different kinds of modes and stuff. Uh, again, the spring, spring mode, like I said, pink or blue. And then there's the summer modes. There's like a, it kind of looks like palm trees and like a forest green. Usually, you're going to get the, uh, the missiles there. That's the only way you can kill the helicopter. Those are the different uh, characters you face in the game. Uh, again, the tire slashers, the limousines, the bulletproof bullies, the other thing would be the helicopter. You can kill them with a missile, but you have to be kind of like, pretty much the only way to really get them is to kind of stop and let the helicopter get kind of close to you and just fire away. Um, what's fun, though, with, the, with having the helicopter around even though it's a nuisance and annoying. And of course, every time it drops a bomb and leaves a crater in the road, if you hit the crater, you die. Um, but you can have the helicopter kill bulletproof bullies. I, I used to, you know, I've always had a goofy mind. Like, I wonder what would happen if you let the bomb drop on the, if you can somehow time everything perfectly where the bomb drops on the bulletproof bully. It kills him. It's really cool and it's funny. <laughs> so that's an effective way to get rid of bulletproof bullies, I suppose, and there's a helicopter. <laughs> it's kind of funny. You make use of the helicopter to, to you know, to, to commit friendly fire, basically, which is hilarious. <laughs> it's it's one of the funniest things I've ever done. Um, so the spring, summer, fall. Um, fall is when everything is kind of orangish color. You kind of probably figured that out, right? Kind of an orangish brown color. And very oftentimes, in fact, almost all the time on the fall levels, you can get uh, you can get to the boat screen, which again you kind of stay towards the left as you get almost to the end of what would be a typical level, and then you see a little exit leading to a tiny little house that's called a boathouse. You go in there, you just drive the car in there, and then out comes a boat. Instead, of, that looks kind of like it looks like the kind of boat that would match up with your car. That's exactly what it looks like, like the same style. It's just like your car, almost designed almost the same, but in boat form if that makes sense. Uh, there's two different kinds of boats. Of course, the helicopter is still chasing you, and it's obnoxious. It's stupid, so you don't want to go too fast. But there's no crater. Um, you don't have to worry about anything. Once the bomb hits the water, eh, who cares? So you're basically in like a stream or something, basically is where you're at. Um, the, <laughs> the two different kinds of boats are like the missile boat, which can, which are really obnoxious. When they come up, behind, they come up from behind you really fast and fire away. They often times are the reason for you dying on the boat. So what you do when you hear them coming, whoosh, whoosh, they're making that sound, you just completely stop and head to the edge real quick and then just hold on your automatic weapon. You know, you don't need a turbo controller for this. It's automatic by just holding down the A button. That's all you got to do, or B button, pardon me. Um, the fire button. <laughs> um, that's how you get rid of those. You still might get hit though from behind anyway, but if you can time everything right and he doesn't get you first. That's how you kill those. Otherwise, there's the other boats which drop um, mines in the water. So 
when you're behind them, just watch out. If you hit the mine, you're dead. So that kind of simple. You get through the water screen. You go on it. It's like a little exit where it's like the other boat. It's like another boathouse, but now you're back in the car. But actually, no. First, before you're in the car, you're in a weapon truck again. So you're going to get missiles, oil, smoke, whatever the heck. So you come out with a with a weapon, which is nice. You, an extra weapon, whatever. So you get a little bonus for getting rid of that screen. And again, eventually, if you're lucky, real lucky, and you're around long enough, you're going to run into uh, a winter screen, which is actually more slippery on the road. So you, when you turn, so to speak, you turn two spaces instead of one, basically. Most of these old games are on a grid, and really even modern games can be too, but you just don't see it because <laughs> it's much more complicated and, and, yeah, it's more realistic, obviously. But, yeah, um, instead of moving one slot, so to speak, here, or one row, you move two because it's slipperier. So it's kind of fun. It's cool. You got the white road, kind of like a whiteout like we've had here in Minnesota, which is where I'm from. Um, a lot of you are not from Minnesota, at least I think, because this is a worldwide game. <laughs> but yeah, it's kind of cool to have like a winter effect. It does not happen often. Occasionally, though, when you're in winter and you pick one of the row, you know, obviously you're picking right or left. It's that simple. And it's random and everything. You might go to spring. You might go to fall, summer, whatever. But occasionally it's winter again, which I think is real cool. Um, and as the further and further you get in the game, instead of just one bad guy coming at a time, like Tire Slasher, Limousine, um, and the, the helicopter is a bonus bad guy, unfortunately. You, you're often going to have to deal with that. But later on, you'll end up having two bad guys on the road, like a Limousine, a Tire Slasher, or Bulletproof Bully, or whatever. And it, further and further and further you go, as you continue to finish stage after stage after stage, you can get to a point where there's three or four bad guys on the screen. By that point, you're probably just, holy cow. <laughs> you can rack up points faster, but you can also die real quick uh, with a bunch of limousines or something on the screen or, you know, trying to shoot you or bulletproof bullies bullying you off the road. So that's just the way that goes. It's not an easy thing at all. In fact, it's uh, freaking tough, but it's it's cool to know that you got that far in the game. It's freaking cool, <laughs> to be quite honest. Um, the sound you hear when you die, though, is this. Now, that's not the sound you hear when necessarily when the game is over, but sometimes it is. Sometimes the game's over, otherwise you're still playing, maybe in the early, early, early stage of the game. Um, you know, before the timer runs out, or you run out of uh, you, you run out of lives, whatever, so to speak. It's that, uh, yeah, or not, not run out of lives. You have extra lives, and you lost one. Basically, that's simple. So, <laughs> it's kind of cool, though. It's basically, you know, again, it's random with the seasons. There probably is a pattern to it, but... I've never truly figured it out. Just the first couple levels, uh, you know, one one is always oil, one is always smoke. So it's just kind of simple like that uh, at the end of the day. But it's, again, one of the more fun games I've ever played in my life. I figure maybe I'll try it out now real quick. Uh, and why the heck not? There is no pause button, which really sucks. So keep that in mind. This is I guess pause buttons didn't exist, or they don't believe in pause buttons in Spy Hunter. It would make the game a lot easier, which is not what they're shooting for. Right now, I'm just trying to play a regular game. Again, you want to get to 10,000, and the faster you go, the higher you rack up the 10,000 points. And also, oof, I almost got killed. <laughs> um, the bad guys that have weapons, like the uh, tire slashers and the limos, 
do not shoot at you until you get through this first stage. The bulletproof bullies are your main nemesis, or simply going too fast and crashing into civilians, which is annoying. You also get the cute little puddles of water, which make a cute little sound, which I actually really like. <laughs> I've always loved that, that ooh sound. I wish I could play it for you. Um, I probably can if I turn the volume up. And I'm going to in a second here. And luckily, yes. So I thought, I thought so. The left road, first one you go to, is the pink one, which is the oil. And that's what I want. But first, I'm running out of time. I'm not going to make it, am I? For the, uh, oh, I didn't make it. Shoot. I didn't make it, so I didn't get the extra guy. Too busy screwing around. <laughs> but that's how it goes. I'm trying to get the puddle now. I, yeah, well, that, yeah, the car just with a little red car went through it. So the little red car, the little blue car, and the motorcycle. Leave them alone. Don't damage them. Yep, there's the water again. I love that sound. Um, the bridges, when you play around with them, make like a funny noise. Too much going on, though, to hear it. And that's fine. But, um, yep, I just love that sound. I don't know if you can hear it too well. And the music will go on forever. It's really enjoyable, actually. It's a classic song that actually keeps going and going and gets better and better. It loops eventually, but... It gets better and better as you continue. Um, right now, I'm just kind of messing around, but I'm still managing to get almost 20,000 points. Um, once you get to 30,000, that's an extra life. And then you get to uh, 60,000, extra life, so to speak. So it's kind of a survival, 90,000, 120. It's every 30, you get an extra life. Um, once you get the missiles in the basically the second area, or third area, you could say, that's when you start seeing the frickin' helicopter, and that thing is a pest for the rest of the game. He'll come, he'll go, he'll come, he'll go. No matter how many times you blow him up, a new one will come. Ah, well, that's the end of that. 20,520. I've reached well into the 100,000s many times, but today I'm just kind of messing around and demonstrating the game. I may play, I try to play through it again along the way, but an insanely enjoyable game. Very simple, but very, very enjoyable, and something I would always recommend. It is ironic and funny, and you always wonder, which one's the woman, which one, or, you know, like, are they both in the car? Uh, but I suppose, it's not which one's the woman, no, I mean, which one's the guy, which one's the woman, that's not what I meant, but what, what's their role in the game? Which, is the woman firing? Uh, is the guy doing the firing and the driving? I'm guessing the guy's driving, I'm just guessing. That's probably the theme. Maybe the woman's shooting. I don't know. But it is kind of funny how it shows them on foot with a gun when that never happens. That scene never exists. I used to have dreams about that. Like, oh, you got so far in the game. There you are. You're out on, you're out on foot now. Nope. Never happens. It's just in the car, shooting at bad guys and avoiding bad guys until eventually you die. <laughs> so, and of course, again, hitting civilians, unfortunately, because that's just the way it is. It's almost like... It's almost like the Civil War or something, a uh, Civil War or something, right in the middle of a city or, or town, whatever, and civilians everywhere just living a normal life while it's happening, which, of course, would not happen. They would all disappear in their houses and into the basement or something when a huge battle's going on, I'm sure. And pray to God that your house doesn't get, you know, hit with cannons and stuff, um, which, yeah, scary and terrible thought to imagine something like that happening in your own hometown or your own neighborhood. That'd be horrible. But, well... That's pretty much what Spy Hunter would be like at the end of the day. A very fun game, a very simple game, and something I would recommend anybody to play anytime. 
Uh, the NES version at the very beginning was disappointing to me a tiny bit, mostly because of the fact that, you know, mostly because of the fact that you couldn't, you there was a little bit less detail to it than the uh, Commodore 64 version. The Commodore 64 version, you could do a little more. Uh, the explosions were more exciting, more dramatic. They were bigger and all that. And, of course, again, you could shoot your own truck. Why I enjoyed that, I don't know. But even my uh, young classmate, Bridget Doran, enjoyed that. She thought it was funny. And, of course, Burns did as well. And, again, the fact that you could crack up the, the, the fence on the bridge was kind of satisfying in a way too because it felt more realistic without being too realistic. It was just a back in the back in the 80s type of realistic. Ah, Night Circuit 1986 is when I was playing it on that Commodore 64, 85, 86. Um, a very, very enjoyable and very memorable time in my life because, I mean, that was way back before we had the NES. That's what was so special about it. Like, oh my God, a video game in my house. Oh my God. And it was always in that legendary basement that we have. That was the beginning of video games for me and my brother. It was a good time. It was a really, really good time. And then we got the Nintendo, as my brother called it, because he didn't know he didn't know it was Nintendo back then in the beginning, the very, very beginning, when he said, oh, there's a better one than Sega. It's called Nintendo. Because, yeah, we played Sega once, and it was like, damn, that's hard. But Nintendo was a little bit, tiny bit easier, kind of. Some, some of the games were... Um, but Spy Hunter, very memorable. Very, 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 very memorable. With that, we're going to take a quick break and come back to hear what you guys had to say in the feedback segment. I remember watching my friend play Spy Hunter at his house. Um, pretty simple game. I mean, it's a, basically a vertical driving game. And, uh, you know, from the music, which I remember kind of being like Peter Gunn, if I remember correctly. Um, I don't know. It seemed really neat. Uh, although I was terrible at the game, uh, those, those, those damn blue cars would always send me spinning out of control, but you know, it, it was a, it was a fun game and it always looked good. Um, uh, I probably rented it maybe two or three times. Um, and I really enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, the thing about the game is that, uh, I think the arcade was a little more forgiving than the NES version. Um, for whatever reason, they always made NES games harder usually than what their arcade ports were because I think they wanted you to uh, get more value out of the game instead of just beating it easily. Um, but I will say, in case anyone's listening, uh, if you want a real hidden gem that people don't talk nearly enough about, is Super Spy Hunter. Um, I think that one's the, the difficulty's dialed down a little bit but the creativity in that game is pretty great. And again, it didn't get a big release, so a lot of people missed it. But that's a really good one, too. But Spy Hunter is definitely a classic. I, I really think in a lot of ways with uh, with the car that could shoot, it was really like what we all hoped Knight Rider would be, even though it had kind of that Knight Rider kind of vibe. Um, definitely one of the better games of the early uh, NES, for sure. And I thank you for that call, and that's Derek Felska coming in out of northern Wisconsin. Uh, works there as a teacher and as a defensive line coach for the high school. Pretty cool. And, of course, a big friend of Brave the Wild as well. <laughs> Brave the Wild's Minnesota Wild Hockey Podcast. Yes, uh, great thoughts on Spy Hunter for the NES. 
Interesting how you say that the arcade version was easier. Uh, you know, the NES was harder, basically, is more what you said. I found it the opposite, I guess. I don't know. For some reason, the NES, it seemed more dialed down a little bit. But maybe I'm crazy, or maybe I just got got used to it. Maybe that's what it is. It's kind of like when you get used to it, the, the timing, this and that. Because with the arcade, you have high, low, high, low, high, low. And with the NES, you can kind of change the speeds um, in like in more intervals than just fast, slow, fast, slow. With the arcade, again, it's fast, slow. Like on slow, you're going too slow. And you go to high, boom, you crash into something almost immediately. Uh, be it a civilian car, you know, the red car. Like it's like a red, like sedan. The blue, like my brother used to think it was a Porsche. And then the motorcycles, which are insanely vulnerable. You can't even touch them, obviously, in just like in real life. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it seemed like, yeah, there's, there's more speed intervals when you uh, put the D-pad forward or back, basically, to speed up or slow down. And, of course, the B button firing away and the A button to shoot out the... Uh, the extra weapon, be it a missile, oil, or smoke, which I didn't find is uh, appealing, quite honestly, because it just would kill everything behind you, including the civilians. So that's more of like a last resort type of thing if you have a bunch of baddies behind you. Um, and when you mentioned the blue cards, it sounds like you meant the tire slashers. Um, all the bad guys are like that dark blue, at least in this. Yeah, they they are in all of them for the most part, right? Kind of like a royal, royal blue, almost a navy blue. Whereas the Porsche is kind of more like a sky blue, the Porsche colored car or whatever the heck it is. I, th I think it is supposed to be a Porsche um, or something like that, like a fancier car. Um, <clears throat> that's cool, though. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting how you said, again, that it's an easier version on the arcade. Yeah, but I, I had a tough time with that one. Uh, definitely one of the classics, as you said, as well. I'm trying to think, was there one other point you made? Uh, that's... Oh, that's right. Yep, you made two other points. Uh, Super Spy Hunter and also kind of uh, how we wish that Knight Rider was more similar to, like, Spy Hunter. Yeah, and and it's ironic, too, how the show was very similar to Knight Rider. Um, or, well, <laughs> the show <laughs> Spy Hunter in the game is literally very similar to Spy Hunter in a lot of ways, or one way or another. Spy Hunter is similar to Knight Rider in terms of how you get in the truck and all that, and you get the weapons, and yeah, heck, even we do oil slicks. And all that. The only thing missing really was the guns and such from the car. At least from what I remember in Knight Rider. And it's a shame. Yeah, the game Knight Rider, it's like nobody's basically heard of it because it was terrible. Uh, Super Spy Hunter. Yeah, an interesting game. I didn't like it as much as some. I know it actually was, yeah, it's one of those hidden gems, so to speak, that a lot of people that did play it do actually like. Um, I didn't like it as much, but still thought it was pretty cool and a worthy addition to the, the, the library and such. Uh, so, definitely something worthwhile checking out. Heck, and, and people that are interested, obviously, you always have YouTube at your disposal to kind of check it out first before maybe you pick it up on eBay, something like that. I'm having strange technical difficulties. <laughs> Wasn't sure if this is recording or not. Apparently, it is, thankfully. But, yeah, I mean, it's kind of faster paced. It's kind of, I don't know, it's hard to explain. It's... I don't know. It's it's like it's more yeah. It, it is more creative, like you said. You got like guns hovering over you and such. You can kind of move them around. You can change direction of your shots. There's more going on. There's broken bridges and you know busted up bridges, almost like uh, San Francisco. You know the 1989 World Series. It's yeah. It's more epic, more colorful. You could say uh, more going on, and it's similar in a way also when you can uh, pick a different direction and such. So definitely fun. And and yes, there's also jumps. But uh, and apparently one of those jumps, you wind up as a boat for a little while as well. Where it's kind of like a, it's like a car that turns into a boat. But I suppose that's similar in the uh, the NES version as well. 
Um, I wish I got to the boat part with the arcade and all that. Uh, helicopters you can actually hit with your guns. So that's also kind of interesting how that works. Um, yeah, it's it's faster paced. It's almost kind of like 1943 in a way. But, you know, with a car and kind of, again, fast paced. Very fast paced. So oh, something worthwhile to check out. And I'll, I'll probably do a game review on it one of these days. i got to actually get more experience on it. And for some reason, as I was looking here, off the mic, it's not on my NES Classic. I didn't put it there. So, whoops. So I got to do something about that. It's probably on my, my Wii, you know, like one of those SD cards. It's probably on there. So maybe I could transfer it over or just try it on the Wii. Who cares? You know, <laughs> so you know how a lot of us did that. So, I mean, we're all, yeah, we're all emulation machines and such. You also get that weird kind of Castlevania 4 effect where when you're turning, it's kind of cool, right? It's kind of almost 3D-like or kind of like it's a slow motion 3D look on Castlevania 4 and such when you're moving around in some of the rooms. So an interesting, definitely an interesting uh, game for sure. And you fight big giant trucks. Yeah, because I'm, again, I'm watching it on YouTube as well to kind of get, you know, jog my memory about the game. So an entertaining uh, aspect. Um, so cool ideas brought in and yeah, do check it out. And I will do a review on it someday. Otherwise, Spy Hunter, again, an absolute classic. Part of my original six. Is it the Detroit Red Wings? Is it the Rangers? Is it the North Stars? No, it's not the North Stars. I'm just kidding. That's the second six, the, the Maple Leafs. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'll leave that alone. Maybe it's the Detroit Red Wings. I don't know. <laughs> kind of some, some success, not so much. It's probably more like the, I don't know, Boston Bruins maybe. Kind of classic, but not a whole lot of championships. That kind of thing. But... What the heck am I talking about? So um, they, they used to win way, 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 way back. Maybe Spy Hunters, the Toronto Maple Leafs, where they won a bajillion championships and then stopped by the 60s. So that's what Spy Hunter is. I'm not winning championships with it anymore, but it's a, it's a fun game in, the, in its early days with my, uh, in my gaming life, but still a classic, just like the Toronto Maple Leafs are in hockey. So <laughs> with that said, the next game I'm going to review is The Secret of Evermore. I tend to play it every year right around this time. Uh, Super Mario 2, I tend to play around this year every time, too. Maybe maybe I'll squeeze that in, maybe not. I mean, that's not going to be a fast project to do either. Though, uh, Secret of Evermore is going to be big, probably like uh, Legend of Zelda, Link to the Past. I hope you enjoyed it, and if you haven't listened to it yet, check it out and all the other bunch of library of uh, po podcast episodes that I've done already. I'm actually surprised how many I've done so far, but really enjoying this and hope to keep this coming for many, 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 many years to come. Maybe... Yeah, maybe this will be a 30-year-old podcast, you know, with 15 years of action, if you know what I mean. <laughs> 15 years of, of hiatus at the beginning. Otherwise, again, thank you so much for listening. Tell your friends about it. At VGF underscore um, flashback. Nope, at, at VGF underscore podcast. Do uh, look that up, obviously. And again, everything is in the show description as well. The, uh, the uh, Twitter account, so... And of course, uh, Paladino Live at Yahoo.com. Paladino Live at Yahoo.com is where you can call in just like Derek just did. Um, basically, what you do is, um, well, that's where you send your, <laughs> that's where you send it. Or you can, ta yeah, I mean, in his case, he actually texted me, but you can send it to Paladino Live as well. Um, it's basically you open your free voice recording app on any smart device on the planet. Just open it, press record, treat it like a phone call, and then when you stop, Send it to Paladino Live at Yahoo.com. Again, in the show description, of course. And I will then convert it into an MP3 file thanks to Zumzar with a Z.com. With that said, thank you so much for listening and be prepared for Secret of Evermore.
Until then, game on.